Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D, and welcome to another episode here of On the Fin Side with Brian Pettenzero and Paul Pickham. You can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on iTunes, or on YouTube. Paul, looking at some of the recent Dolphins news, a little bit of news here, nothing really in the free agency acquisition front, but the Dolphins did retain and extend one of their own today. Kiko Alonso, linebacker who turned out to be a huge steal after the trade from the Philadelphia Eagles. Last year, extends with the Dolphins three years, $29 million. Uh, what do you think? Another Dolphins defender getting paid a whole heck of a lot of money. I believe it's the total amount of the deal, so including his, his tender for this year, comes out to the $28.5 million, I think it is. So it's a little bit more spread out than it, it sounded at first. I'm excited about it. I think he goes out of a player. I think he's going to be an even better player presumably playing on the weak side. I know the team has said that they have no, or they're not sure exactly where and how they're going to deploy their, their linebackers quite yet. But I think it's a pretty poorly veiled secret at this point that, that Kiko is going to end up playing over on that, on that weak side. And I'm good with that. If they sign Zach Brown to a decent deal, I like that they let him take a little trip and see what's out there as opposed to overpaying him. They could have a pretty strong trio at linebacker next season, a position that we all thought was going to be a total weakness going into, going into the season. Even though three years, $28.5 million is a lot of money for Tico Alonso, the Dolphins do have their nucleus together. I mean, they, they do have Indomitian Sue, Cameron Way, Branch, Alonzo, Timmons, Rashad Jones, very much you know, you've got six defenders there that are pretty good defenders, making a lot of money, but they do have that nucleus together. And you also have the NFL draft with that, too. I, I thought Alonzo was a big acquisition last year, completely changed how fast the Dolphins were in the middle of their defense. They still weren't incredibly fast, especially toward the end of the year. But without Alonzo, they would have been 100 times slower. Completely agree. And I mean, really, the essence of this deal means that over the next four years, Kiko averages $7 million a year. and that's not hugely outlandish, especially when you look at what some of the other linebackers around the league are making, some other players at some of the other positions. I'll take a Kiko Alonso and what he brings to the table at $7 million every offseason. If we did, oh my God, we'd have a glut of pro bowlers on this roster, even more so. Speaking of linebackers, Paul, the Dolphins have shown interest in former Bills and Titans linebacker Zach Brown. Uh, he was actually in Miami, spent a lot of time here. Got a new agent that's actually located in Miami, which a lot of people thought was a sign that the Dolphins were going to sign him. That hasn't happened yet. It is, the word is that he's going to be traveling to Buffalo to meet again with the Buffalo Bills. Paul, I, you know, looking at this, I looked at, at that second wave of free agency and thought that Harry Poe, Jonathan Hankins, uh, Zach Brown, if the Dolphins can find a way to get one of these guys on a prove contract or for a reasonable salary, I think you really add a plus one to your defense here. I, I'm starting to think now that now that he's left town, now that he's going back to Buffalo, he's flirted around a little bit and, and wants to stay with the Buffalo Bills. Do you 
feeling too? I, I don't. It's by all reports, Miami offered him somewhere in the neighborhood of three million a year. He was looking for more of the six million a year variety, but also had put out there that he'd meet the Dolphins in the middle on that and the Dolphins really just didn't budge from what they want to pay out for the position. So good for the team. I'm glad to hear they're not overpaying out there. I mean Hankins, I wanted him too until I heard he was seeking ten million and up a year. Dontari Poe, I wasn't as sold on as a lot of people, but I think Zach Brown, if if they can manage to get him at a decent price and and keep him from going back to Buffalo, great. If Buffalo overpays for him, hey, you know what? It's Miami doesn't have a huge glut of absolute needs going into the draft at this point, so they can throw a resource at a linebacker. They can throw a resource at a safety. They can throw a resource at a guard. So either way, I'm going to be happy with this scenario. Do I like Zach Brown? Yeah, and I want him on this team, but at the right price. I think I'll only be happy with the scenario if the Dolphins land Zach Brown or Jonathan Hankins at a reasonable contract. I have made my feelings pretty clear on the show that I, I'm not very impressed with what the Dolphins have done this offseason. They've gotten some solid veteran players, but I think they've overpaid for them. I think they've overpaid for a lot of what they have already in Rashad Jones and, to an extent, Kiko Alonso. But if you can land a Zach Brown, you finish that linebacker core, and that's what I want to see the Dolphins do. If you sign Jonathan Hankins and you find a way to make that happen, which, by the way, the, the word is there is no interest in Jonathan Hankins for the Dolphins. But – if you were to sign one of those big defensive tackles, I think you finish the defensive line. I think it's a shame at this point when you're spending all of this money, 25 to $30 million, on six different acquisitions that are between 29 and 33 years old. And then you turn around and you get a good player like Zach Brown and Don Terry Poe, who are 27, and you're a few million dollars short. I think that's a crying shame. But anyway... That doesn't take away from the fact I think the Dolphins have a solid team, and we do have the NFL draft coming up, too. Paul, another news around the league, Josh McCown signs with the New York Jets. Can it get any funnier? Dude, It's I have to laugh when I look at the Jets this offseason. I've made a few jokes out there on Twitter about it. Yeah, I, I, I made a joke that the, uh, the GM of the Jets is sitting out there sleeping and didn't realize free agency started yet. And then every time he decides to dip his toe into the free agent market, it gets funnier and funnier. I, just, I The Jets are an absolute dumpster fire right now. They very well may be vying for that new Cleveland Browns title because Cleveland's definitely made the step to get out of that. And I think, I think the Jets may be the new Browns. And I, I'll love every minute of that. Yeah, me too. I mean, regardless, the Dolphins or the Jets have done it wrong at the quarterback spot for years. I mean, Geno Smith, not a good pick. Christian Hackenberg was a joke of a pick. Josh McCown, uh, as, as I believe, and I'm not exaggerating, I think this is a, his 11th team. He was with the Dolphins for a few months in 2008 before the Dolphins got Chad Pennington and cut McCown. So, yeah, I, I look forward to playing the Jets this year. I think the Jets and the Buffalo Bills, for that matter, dumpster fire of organizations right now. Um, well, to, to, oh, be, to be fair, though, to be fair, I believe the last collective bargaining agreement actually had a clause in it that you had to have a McCown on your roster at some point in a 10-year span. So <laughs> they're kind of just working their moment here. And, you know, I think there's only one or two teams left that still need to have had a McCown at some point. So their turn. Paul, uh, one last thing, too, here in this Dolphins recap. Uh, Oakland Raiders signed Jelani Jenkins to a very reasonable contract. 
has been pretty injury prone over the last few years. And, and this is a player that I think gave the New England, when he was healthy, gave the New England Patriots fits because he was able to cover running backs and tight ends out of the backfield. But Jenkins couldn't stay healthy. And, and you know what? I've always said, too, that you can't have Kiko Alonso and Jelani Jenkins on the same defense. They're just combined. They're too small. You can have one of them, but you need a big, strong Two big, strong, sturdy linebackers to supplement one of them. What, what, what do you make be, of this acquisition by the Raiders? It's it's a good thing for the Dolphins in in a sense because it may take the Raiders a little further out of the Zach Brown sweepstakes. And and to to your point, I mean, you're really not going to have Jelani Jenkins and any other linebacker for very long, even if he's on your roster. Uh, he's a good player when he's healthy, but that when he's healthy is, is just for minute minutes of time to start a game occasionally before he goes out with this or that or you know, strained whatever. And it's unfortunate because the guy was a hell of a player, really had a, a high ceiling, and he just does not have the ability to stay healthy whatsoever. So it was time to move on from him. I didn't see Miami Express an iota of interest in bringing him back, and it was time. It certainly was time. Uh, there, there's no doubt about that. And uh, he's 24, 25 years old. I still think he has a good opportunity to make a career for himself. But, yeah, it's, it's, it was time for him to leave. There, there's no doubt about that. Paul, looking, looking forward here over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about NF, the NFL draft. C.K. Perr will be joining us for a few segments like he does every year. Hopefully we're lucky enough to get Ian Wharton on here as well. And, and other guests. Uh, Paul, looking at the 22nd pick of the draft right now, is there a player that jumps out at you at this point as a player that you're looking closely at as this draft process progresses? For me, and, and I know it's going to sound like a bit of a homer pick, but I'm really liking what I've seen out of Obi Melifonwu. And one of the things I look at, because I know a lot of folks are high on Jabril Peppers, I do think Jabril Peppers is a hell of a football player. Uh, he's got some niche uses if he's deployed in the right defense the right way, then you name it. But he, to me, he feels like he doesn't have a true position. And I just, it, I know Obi's a guy that you can deploy out there primarily and predominantly he's going to be a safety. Can he step up in the box, play up in the box if you need him to? Yes. Can he play deep center field if you need him to? Yes. Can you slide him out the corner in an emergency? You can. But at the at the core of it all, he's a he's a damn good safety, and that's what I think Miami needs. And so for me, o, o, Obi is the way to go here at 22. I'll tell you, it, typically Paul, when you bring up a UConn player at this point in the process, I always think oh, Paul's a UConn fan. You know, <laughs> I'm with you on o, I'm with you on Obi. Um, I I would take him over Jabril Peppers at this point. That may my opinion may change, but. I look at Peppers and people gawk over him, but this is somebody who's 5'11", 213 pounds, Jabril Peppers, and had one college interception. I know he was moved around a lot on offense and defense, but, you know, this is not a player who's 6'1", 225 pounds, runs a four flat, had 10 interceptions in college as a safety. You know, I, I, I would take OB over him at, at this point in the process. 4'4", four, four flat, 6'4", 224 pounds. And a good football player on top of it who has some cornerback safety versatility. I mean, we saw Byron Jones, who, I, who Paul, I know you can agree at this point, a much worse football player at UConn, uh, but a great mm-hmm. athlete, has turned into a really good player for the, for the 
Dallas Cowboys. And it seems like Obi, in terms of athleticism and production, is going to be a much better player in the NFL. I 100% agree. It's To be honest with you, I would have loved Byron Jones as a second-round pick. I, I, I didn't love him as a first-round pick, even though he blew things away at, at the Combine. Obi's a guy that the Combine was a nicety on top, but he's, he's a football player. That's what, first and foremost, I want on my team, regardless of what happens at the Combine. Uh, the fact that he absolutely just demolished the Combine this year just – added to it and I think unfortunately it made him a little bit harder get than he would have been before the combine and before the senior bowl so but hey you know what more more power to him he's a great kid and it's it's exciting to see him go early hopefully it's to the Dolphins absolutely we'll talk more about the NFL draft in the upcoming weeks Paul that'll do it for us and if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side it is on the pin side so what do you take us out it ain't the left side or the right side and it must Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.